This is addressed to the Northeastern baseball team, all of Northeastern athletics, WRBB sports. I was wrong. I was incorrect. And I am sorry. This is the Brookline Baseball Club, your podcast for everything Huskies baseball. I'm Colin Kapoor, joined by Peyton Doyle. And I thought Northeast wasn't get swept by NC State last week. They swept NC State last week. So once again, I'm sorry, but it was a great week of Huskies baseball pain here to talk to me about it. Peyton, how are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. You know, um, just got off of the surgery yesterday, but we're, we're, we're great. I mean, Huskies baseball is doing well, so I'm doing well. That's all that matters. Yeah, we're, we're, we're grinding through it. You know, it's a late night episode, at least for me. It's 9.30 p.m. You know, I'd usually be, uh, um, usually be sleeping now. But same time here. Yep. I'm talking to the talking to the people. Okay. Okay. Hey. Okay. Um, anyway, so if you recall last week, I, I said Northeastern, you know, there there's no way they can beat NC State in terms of offense. There's no way they can, you know, I thought they weren't even gonna win a game. They ended up winning the first one six one, winning eight five next day, and Sunday winning six to nothing on the backs of impeccable starting pitching and eight inning performance by Cam Schlittler in the first game, White Scotty in the third game, and then Sebastian Keene in the second game. Northeastern pitching has been on fire. They had a midweek game just a few days ago on Tuesday against UMass, and in that game, they actually tied. They were up 1-0 going to the bottom of the ninth. Dennis Collard could not close it out. And then because apparently we live in like the 1700s, um, there's no lights in, in Parsons Field. It was the first home game for Northeastern, and they had to <laughs> they had to stop the game early because it got too dark. But other than that disappointing tie, the first three games against the top eight team in NC State was just huge, putting the entire college baseball world on notice. Yeah, I mean, the Huskies brought the Brooms down to NC State and really took care of the Wolfpack down there. Like you said, they won by – they swept the series by a score of 20 to 6. You know, NC State had those serious power hitters. Um, who's the guy that came in with, like, Tom, five Tommy White runs? went one for 12. In this series, one hit, but our boy Luke Beckstein six hits in that series. That's what I'm talking about. Come back. I also was talking trash about Luke Beckstein. Luke, I'm sorry, man. Like I, I, I I acknowledge that he struggled to start the season. But you know, he's just getting used to playing up up in this cold weather. He's from Kansas State, but you know, he started he started raking six hits, get three in one game against NC State. Whole offense started going. You know, that final game of the series, Duretto and Casello. Had a home run. I mean, we got the power coming through. You still got Justin Boswell stealing bases. The team's on fire, you know. In the six-one win, Mike Sirota, three for three, three RBIs and three runs. I mean, what more can you ask for a guy? I think he's hitting like over four hundred on the year. That's things are going well, you know. This time last week, we're like, oh, the Huskies—they're struggling. But no, you know, after one weekend, we're back, baby. Huskies are back. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, a top, like I said, top eight team in the country in NC State. I remember saying that the Huskies, like maybe in their conference, they can do some damage, but not against these top eight teams, top 20 teams going against Clemson uh, in a few days, uh, March 11th, 12th, and 13th. So that's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday series. Um, another top 20, top 25 team in the country that, you know, we just saw Northeastern outclass NC State. They never trailed in that series. Their starting pitchers never gave up an earned run. In that series, and in fact, going back to February 26th, the starting pitchers have not given up an earned run in over 33 innings, which is incredible. And 
that's running mostly a four-man rotation. You got Scotty, Keen, and Schlittler. Then Eric Yost uh, mixes in a bullpen game here or there. He had a bullpen game March 8th on Tuesday against UMass where they tied. He still uh, pitched four scoreless innings, looked really good. But I'll, I'll talk about that UMass game for a second because we saw Northeastern's bats really come out to play and they were playing their type of baseball. And, and what we talked about last week was that they just need to get those hits with the runners in scoring position. Against NC State, they did that 100%. They, you know, played small ball, got a base, stole the bases, and then, you know, had those clutch hits, singles, double shribbles, uh, then a, a couple home runs later in that series. But against UMass, they were 0 for 6 with runners in scoring position. You saw in the first inning, uh, hit by pitch, stolen base. You had a guy in second, one out. You know, they, they couldn't push him across. You had second and third, one out, couldn't push him across or, uh, in the third or fourth inning of that game. So that's the kind of thing that you, you have to rely on getting those hits with runners in scoring position because the on-base clip – isn't great. It's still not where you want it to be. It's around 330, 340. But when you have runners scoring position with less than two outs, especially with the team without the pop that that they had last year, you have to be able to get those hits and runners in scoring position. And Northeastern was not able to do that against UMass, which was very disappointing to see. I think Mike Lavin stated after the game that you know he saw his team coming against NC State on the road, especially, and and just outclassed them in, in all aspects of the game, pitching, hitting. Uh, feeling as well so the tie against UMass you're you you do not love to see it but the weather left a lot to be desired it was windy it was really cold it was like 40 degrees the wind was blowing straight in and you know pitching pitching was tough like you could you could see pitchers struggling like yes the wind is coming straight in so fly balls probably won't go far but like Glavin said after the game like you can't get a feel for the baseball in, in these conditions and it was pretty clear that the pitchers were struggling um, but, you know, they, they burned down, uh, played, played really well, but the bats, they, they were not there. But it, it's tough to lose that game, especially you were up going to the ninth inning. I mean, they didn't lose it technically. So that you're, you're right. It, it's yeah. t- you're tough to not win that game, I should say. Yeah, the bats were definitely not heating up after coming back home to Boston. You know, they're playing in Florida. They played in North Carolina. They were used to that warm weather. I really think it's important to note that this is the first game that Mike Sorota did not have a hit which was his first all year that kind of led to the offense as a whole slowing down. They just five hits, but I know, you know, early on the offense was going, was performing well and the pitching wasn't doing well, but even in this tie, we saw solid performances from their pitchers. You know, Yost, like you said, let off with four scores innings in that game. That's kind of a bounce back game for Allard who just give up, who have no runs in his one inning, one inning. And then Colin, who's been, Really solid, just has struggled with his command. You know, he gave up an unearned run, but he did have three walks. But overall, really solid performance. I mean, they held UMass to no runs through eight innings. So I think as your first game back, you definitely want to see more runs, but also you have to be proud of what your pitching did in that cold weather if you were Mike Lavin. Yeah, I mean, there were no earned runs at all in the entire game. Both runs um, in the entire game were unearned. In the fifth inning, Jeff Costello reached on an error and Luke Beckstein scored. That was just a the first baseman couldn't handle the throw from shortstop. And then in the ninth, actually, um, Collarin was inches away from getting out of a jam, but it was an error by Luke Beckstein on second. He couldn't handle the ball, which led to bases loaded and one out. And then Collarin struck out the next guy, which would have ended the game had Beckstein held onto that ball. But then the next guy, Collarin, ended up walking. So that was an underground on Collarin, but, you know, three walks in an inning. You, you pissed yourself into that situation. So it, it is on, on Collarin for sure. Um, but Glavin does have trust in him running him out. I mean, a freshman in the ninth inning in a one run game, I mean, in your first home game, like there's a lot of trust there between a manager and a, and a pitcher. So that is nice to see Collar. And I, I don't know if we'll, I, I don't know if he's going to get 
thrust right back into the next save situation, especially against Clemson. But it does it does remain to be seen. We saw Owen Langan put a, a couple of good scoreless innings out there as well for Northeastern. So the bullpen getting a little bit better, especially in a bullpen style game where Yost only went four innings. Um, but we also have seen Yost pitch out of the bullpen as well. So I think Glavin is going to mix it up a little bit going forward. I know you see Yost at bullpen. You talked about Bexian's fielding. He's really struggled so far in the infield for Northeastern. He has four errors on the season. You have two very costly ones in one of the games against Marshall. So that's two weeks ago now. Jeez. And so he's he's really been struggling out there. He's giving up a lot. I mean, he's given up at least two or three runs for his team, which you cannot be having when you're not scoring a lot, especially early on in that season. But offensively, you know, he's been doing better. This guy's average back over 300. He's on a five-game hit streak right now. He had three RBIs in the series against State. And overall, the offense really is starting to do better, you know. They had an issue at the beginning of the season scoring early on in games, but I mean, they proved in the NC State series that they can get the bats going early and they can really use the pitching and take control of games. They had four runs in the first two innings of the 6-1 win, then two runs in the second inning of the 8-5 win, then two runs in the first two innings of the 6-0 win. And really, it's just if they can get ahead, their pitching is pretty dominant and give them the confidence. They should sail through games. You know, UMass, they just got unlucky. They almost pulled out a win there. It's just, you know, errors and lack of command by Colin. But, you know, as Colin, what are you seeing for the rest of the staff, especially those starters? You talk about Schlittler and Scotty at the beginning. I mean, Scotty's been the best pitcher on this staff by far, and that's not to say anything bad about the other guys. Just Scotty has been impeccable this season. Seven innings, uh, seven scoreless innings, three Ks in his last start, but three and zero so far in his three starts. Erie under one, I believe, zero point seven six. So he he has just been incredible for Northeastern, and he has taken a step that that I mean, Glavin Glavin knew what he had in Scotty last year. Scotty was okay last year. He definitely flashed what he could be. Um, but this year has just taken a massive, massive step forward, which is huge with Kyle Murphy, a veteran starter, leaving the rotation um, last year. So Scotty, obviously not the veteran in this lineup uh, or on, on, in this uh, in this pitching staff, but he has been spectacular. Seeing Cam Schlittler go eight scoreless as well, that was huge, especially uh, a team like NC State, which you you didn't expect that. I mean, I, I definitely didn't, as I alluded to at the beginning, but it is huge to see, especially – Northeastern is running basically a three and a half man rotation at this point because they haven't had, they haven't gotten any midweek games yet, except the one against UMass. They're going to start playing Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays as we go forward. So we're going to see what Mike Levin does then, but against Clemson, I mean, they got Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we're going to see the same trio start. I don't necessarily know in what order, but it's going to be key and Scotty Schlittler in those three games. And then as we get later to the season, they got Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday against Bryant, Mary Mack and Holy Cross. So we're going to see the, um, the rotation mix up a little bit. We'll see obviously Eric Yost mix in a game here and there, and then we'll probably see someone else uh, start start a game to give to give those top guys a little bit more rest, especially when you're running uh, three or three and a half man rotation with games only happening three times a week. So, but th- those top guys they've been impeccable. I mean, you 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 were you were on their backs in the first NC State game. You know, only giving up one run. Uh, or only given up one run Schlittler that was in the ninth inning. So Schlittler was scoreless and they had six runs going in. So they had that game pretty well in hand. The six nothing game, they had that game pretty well in hand. In the eight five game, you know, they had to score a lot in the later innings, but that was, that shows a lot of resilience. So this, this starting pitching staff has been incredible. They have, I think, exceeded my, for sure, exceeded my expectations. I think Glavin knew, knows what he has in his guys. 
So I'm sure he's, he's just been, you know, riding out that wave with his team, but I mean, it, it's just been incredible to watch. And I mean, seeing Eric Yost, I mean, be as versatile as he has, he, he pitched on Sunday, uh, just, he pitched an inning in, in relief on Sunday and then went in and pitched four innings in the next game, which is just huge to have that kind of versatility. You know, you, you think of a guy like Brian Rodriguez um, who, who would pitch in any kind of situation last year. He obviously left uh, going to the season. So Yost being able to uh, take up that mantle, have that versatility is just huge for this team. Yeah, and, you know, we really talked about Seve Keaton a lot. He struggled early on in the season. Then really nice bounce back start. Probably his best – it was his best start of the season against NC State in that 8-5 win. You know, he wasn't responsible for any runs. He got two unearned cross six innings. Dropped his season ERA down to 2.7. And he's just been really solid. You know, when if you have him coming back to his normal form, sitting around 2-5, along with Schlittler – and Scotty, that's, I mean, that's one of the best, like, best top threes, definitely in the conference and probably this side of the nation. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Now, we, we talked a lot about the bullpen last week, how, you know, that, that we'll probably see some more innings from these back end guys, um, Gentry Biotti, um, Dennis Collar. We, we saw a little bit of him. Owen Langan. Langan has looked very good. Uh, four appearances so far, seven innings, only given up one earned run. And like you said, Jordy Allard has looked really, really solid in the past few outings. He has uh, 9.1 innings pitched, given up four runs, but in, in his last few innings, he's looked good. He's flashed some of that stuff, which you which you like to see. James Quinlan still hasn't um, found the rubber uh, since we talked about him last week. Still has an infinite ERA, which is not what you want to see, but he has been a reliable uh, start our uh, pitcher for this team uh, in the past. So I think we're going to see more of him, especially if the starters start, you know, I mean, you got to expect that they're going to start going five, six innings at some point, you know, Schlitler's not going to have eight inning starts uh, for the rest of the season. So I think we're going to see Quinlan come in. And I think, I think Gladden still got his trust in, in, in Quinlan. He's been a, a, a trustworthy uh, reliever. So I think we'll, we'll see him come in, but the overall ERA for, for this Northeastern staff is at 3.28. Um, but I mean, Scotty, I misspoke earlier. His ERA is actually 0.47, which is just incredible under half a run per nine innings, which is, which is just, you know, unheard of, especially uh, in college baseball. So I, I think the, the, the pitching has done exactly what has been advertised over the past week since we talked about them. And then the hitting has also stepped up. So we've seen Northeast really skyrocket in terms of their potential because both of these aspects are gelling at the exact same time. Yeah. And I know they're, we thought their pitching would be tested last weekend. They did very well against the Wolfpack. And then this upcoming weekend against Clemson, it's going to be probably an even tougher test, if not about the same. Clemson is 12-0 and 0 on the season. Their top two hitters are Cooper Engel and Max Wagner. They each have an OPS over 1150. You know, they're going to be another tough team to face. Two ACC teams in back-to-back weekends. For Northeastern, they also have some very talented starters, Matt Aglin and Billy Barlow, both under a 1.8 ERA on the season. They're both three and O. It's going to be a really tough challenge here for Northeastern again. You know, if they can get one or two wins away from this Clemson team, they're going to set themselves up really well, going to a nice home stretch and heading towards conference play. Absolutely, for sure. And we we seen from this Clemson team, like you said, 12 and O one of the better teams in the country. I believe they're ranked top 20, top 25 around there, um, but they haven't lost a game They're They have uh, a trend in their team is they've been tra- uh, trailing early 
but since they haven't lost, they've been able to fight back from those early deficits. We talked about Northeastern trying to get on the board early, try to try to blitz some of these good teams. But Clemson has been able to fight back from that. So I think the bullpen for Northeastern is going to be tested significantly in this one. Uh, one hallmark of this Clemson team is they're really good at working at bats, getting starters out of the game early, which is you know hallmark of, of every great team. Uh, Northeastern has has been able to do that pretty well. They got. Um, starter for UMass out after only five innings uh, just a few days ago. That was, um, and that, that was a great, great, great job by, by the hitters. But I think the bullpen is going to be tested significantly. I think there's going to be a lot of multi-inning relief appearances in this one. Um, you know, you don't expect that with Scotty, Keen, and Schlittler, but I think that the, I think that the game plan for Clemson going in is just to get those starters out as quickly as, as possible and then work on feasting on the bullpen. And then after Clemson, somewhat easier matchup. They have Bryant on March 15th. Bryant's three and six. You know, they've lost their last six games. But they did open this the year sweeping Eastern Carolina, who came into the year number 12 in the country. So you're not really sure what you're going to get from Bryant. They've lost to some lower teams. Um, they're playing a three-game set against Longwood before Northeastern. But it'll be a nice one game at home for a new before they play Merrimack again the next day. They already played them earlier this year. Merrimack, they're coming off the last series against Texas, Texas Tech, number 19 in the country. They lost the series by sort of 70 to 12. So Merrimack not playing their best baseball right now. You know, they're going to play Marshall before they face Northeastern. So nice test is a little bit closer to home. More of a, a smaller conference opponent for Northeastern and really get them ready to go when they play some interconference teams later this month. I believe Charleston is their first matchup. Yeah. Yeah. So and just a look. Yeah. They, their first CAA matchup is against College of Charleston. I believe that is March 25th. Charleston started off really hot. They've lost five or six straight. But one interesting thing to note is the scheduling of these games. Um, the three o'clock game. I, I, I was watching this one on the broadcast. They noted it was a bit of a uh, it was a bit of a risky schedule to have a three p.m. game in a field with no lights, where in a, when daylight savings hasn't happened yet. And they're like, as yeah. long as this game doesn't go to extras, like we'll be fine. And of course, it went to extras, but daylight savings is going to happen uh, before their next home game. And so those games are scheduled at three, so they should be fine. There, there should not be any more ties. Um, one can only hope, but. Going into Clemson, uh, it's going to be tough. I mean, playing on the road in, in any ballpark, uh, any away ballpark is tough, but uh, this Clemson team, like like we talked about, is really good. But I think once they come back home, they play Brown and Merrimack, they're going to get settled into the Boston area a little bit more Then they're going to start conference play and they won't have to be traveling all across, um, you know, as, as much as they have been. So I think they're going to settle in a little bit more. We, we've seen flashes of greatness, especially against NC State. Um, earlier um, this season against Merrimack before the NC State series. So they actually had a four-game winning streak heading into the UMass game. They weren't able to continue that. But they, they have looked really good since we last spoke about them. So I think I think we have high hopes for the future. And just having this kind of series against a non-conference opponent as good as NC State is absolutely huge because no team in their conference can compete with NC State, right? JMU is a really good team. William Mayer is a really good team. But NC State is in a class of its own in Northeastern, you know, rose up and, and demolished them. They would never trail them in that series. So I think it's a, it's a huge, huge um, just sign for this Northeastern team that they they can emerge from this conference as the front runner for sure. Yeah, glad we gave him some team his team some tough opponents early on. I mean, two teams in the ACC in Clemson and NC State is nothing 
to look down upon if you're a, a, a CAA opponent looking at Northeastern's schedule. And just as far as what the rest of their conference opponents have been doing so far this year, I mean, you know, it's tough to say what the stakes really matter because people can be playing D3 teams, you know, they can be playing lower D1 teams or they can be playing top 10 teams like Northeastern did. Right now, UNCW is the head of the pack. They're seven and five. That's JMU at eight and six, but they don't really count because they will not be playing the tournament this year. William Mary, off to a decent five and four start. Northeastern, technically below them at six, five and one because of the winning percentage. The Charleston is seven and six, but they lost their last five games. So tough stretch there for the College of Charleston. Then Hofstra sitting at four and four. Elon at six and six. Delaware at four and seven. Then Towson, who is going to really struggle this year, is at three and ten. So all pretty spread out so far in the out-of-conference play in the CAA. Everyone's playing all different kinds of opponents, but I have to think that Northeastern's really set, up, set themselves up well to perform well in the conference this year just from their out-of-conference opponents so far. Yeah, I mean, you talk talking about Towson. They're sitting at the at the bottom of the barrel with 3 10. Unfortunately, Northeastern only plays them a few times this season. Um, but, you know, just a sure way to up your winning percentage. No offense to Towson. But um, the, the schedule for Northeastern coming up, it, it, it does get tough, but then it evens out a little bit like we've been talking about. So I think I think we'll see this Northeastern team kind of settle into their identity like we've been talking about. I mean, they, they flashed what, what we talked about as their identity in, in, this, in the last series. They pitched incredibly well. They got on base, not at the best clip, but at a solid clip, and then they just advanced their runners in score position. This is an incredibly fast team. Justin Baza and Mike Sirota getting a lot of steals, so... And then, and then the key is just to get those hits with the Arsenal scoring position like we were talking about. But once they can kind of have some consistency on that end, Glavin noted the lack of consistency, uh, you know, coming off four game winning streak, not able to beat UMass, having being inconsistent early. Once you can have consistency in that one area of the game, I think also fielding, they have to be more consistent in fielding and then also hitting it with runners scoring position. I think they become more consistent in that area. I think they're going to be, they're going to be much better and they're already pretty good. Yeah, just some of those fundamental things, just like hitting in those clutch spots and really taking care of the ball once it's hit to you. But really going to be able to see what kind of team they are. I mean, if they can compete with Clemson, then they're no like nothing to be messed with. Taking on two very tough opponents back-to-back weekends. But yeah, I'm just really looking forward to see what they can do going forward with the rest of our conference play and then as things start to warm up at home against some of the conference opponents. So Northeastern, they've got a pretty heavy slate of games coming up before we next come at you. I don't know if we're going to come at you next week because it is spring break for us, but we'll see. We m- might be able to get a new episode of the Brookline Baseball Club, but uh, Northeastern's going to have we'll five see. games in the next seven days. They got Clemson three times, Bryant, and then Merrimack three games in a row, Friday, Saturday, Sunday against Clemson, and then Tuesday, Wednesday, Bryant and Merrimack. So we'll probably be back to recap those five games. If not, you know what, we'll We'll, we'll be back. We'll be back when we, when we come back from spring break. But this um, WRB will have coverage of the Clemson games uh, for sure, written coverage. And then as we go home, we're probably not going to have live broadcast coverage until the game, uh, the, the 22nd against Boston College, maybe the 19th against Holy Cross. We'll see. But for WRBB Sports, I'm Colin Kapoor, joined by Peyton Doyle. We have a lot of podcasts here. Listen to all of them. WRBB Sports Podcast Network has Husky Hoops. Uh, the bean pod hockey's this week raise the banner probably more i don't remember all of them uh, uh, husky hoops i said that that was the first thing i said uh, uh, my bad sorry uh, anyway sorry. so sorry. 
Peyton is is out in New York, but if, or wherever he lives, uh, if, if you do see Massachusetts, there, I live in Massachusetts. Oh, you live in Massachusetts? That's crazy. I don't know. I tell you this all the time. I thought you lived in Connecticut. Oh, okay. Have you ever lived in okay. Connecticut, or was that just no? Oh, okay, but we no. won't cut this out, so you can see our you can see our banter um, on the, on oh the YouTube goodness. video. Uh, anyway, um, so if you see me around Northeastern, stop by, say hi, take selfies, autographs, all these things. I'm always available, but I will be leaving. In or in days. Uh, in Georgia now. If right? you see me in Georgia, yeah, I, I I live down in Augusta, so if you see me over there, I'll be sure to take a selfie, take pictures, autograph, all these things. Um, but for Payne Doyle, I'm Colin Kapoor. This has been the Brookline Baseball Club. Stay happy out there, folks, and bye.